You're listening to Malam Jumaat Podcast with Rizal. Hey, what's up everyone? You're listening to Malam Jumaat Podcast and this is episode number 8. Hopefully it's episode number 8 so I didn't I don't get jumbled up with other recordings that I'll be doing uh, in succession because yes, um, people have been asking uh, why haven't I been recording uh, for this podcast? Well, just only two people actually. Well, but yes, I've been very busy uh, during this two months since the last episode. The last episode was, I mean, a week after Raya. Idol Fitri. So after that, I was like, I had no time to do a recording and um, been busy with work during the weekdays. So during the weekend, I got so, how do you say, um, lazy. And I just want to like lay down in bed and just make, just rest so that I can feel energized on Monday and continue to work. But right now, I have to do this recording for this episode. One, well, just because that I haven't done any recording for a long time. Almost two months, I think. Going to three months. Because last was in June, now it's September. And also, I feel like I have to help uh, to make people understand. Like, I think you already read the title of this uh, episode regarding haze and also regarding the air pollutant index and why there's some, how do you say, some people would like to say the discrepancies between what they see outside and also the readings and everything. But let's just go it step by step, topic by topic. I mean, I have a lot of time right now to do this recording So hopefully, you'll take this episode, listen to it, and understand. I'll do my very best to explain to you guys about peatlands, about API, about haze, and why, I don't know, about not to say diplomacy or whatever on the Indonesia-Malaysia stuff that is going on right now. But I won't go in too deep. Just give you something the, you know, the essentials only regarding that. So let's talk about the big one first. On, I don't know which one to start first. Let's start with um, the meat of it, which is the API. So people, I've seen in the comments and also on Twitter. I'm also on Twitter a lot. I'm not. I'm not in Facebook that much, but then uh, some officers do give me questions on Facebook regarding the API, and some people have been throwing stuff at us saying that we're fabricating the readings. They don't believe the readings that's coming out from the department, and not to say that I got uh, I got personally offended, but calling us liars without proof. And then showing us the proof that you have using third-party apps, which we don't know 
how authentic, how accurate their readings are. Now, that's just, how do you say, disingenuous. And I hope you'll just listen to it first. I don't know how I'm going to explain it either in BM or English. But hopefully, if you understand this in English, then um, good for you. I don't know. I'll just, you know, change, switch back English or BM or whatever. I don't know. Right now, it's already 11.30 p.m. And this is the third time of the recording because I don't know, I don't. I just feel like if this doesn't make it better, I'll just have to redo it for the fourth or fifth or sixth time. But I don't want to do the fourth or fifth or sixth time. Sorry, I'm rambling right now. But yes, API. Alright, let's go to the gist of it. So right now, our stations, there are 68 or 68 right now that are, how do you say it? Uh, they have like six pollutants. They measure six pollutants, which is PM10, PM2.5, NO2, SO2, carbon monoxide, and ground level ozone. But we're talking about haze right now. So when it comes to haze, PM2.5 is the dominant pollutant out of those six pollutants. So how do we generate the air pollutant index? So let's start from the top. So every hour, they will get the concentration for that hour. So when you get that concentration concentration for that hour, it will generate a lot uh, every single hour. And then when you get to 24 readings, then you can get the average concentration for PM2.5. So it's different, like I said. Right now, for the average concentration for PM2.5, you need at least 24 readings to get the sub-index. That's the methodology of it. So for out of the six, there are three pollutants that uses 24-hour readings which is PM10, PM2.5, and also SO2 that needs 24 readings. For carbon monoxide, you need 8 hours of average concentration. But for ground-level ozone, you just only need 1 hour, meaning you, just, you don't need to get like 8 or 24 readings. You can just use that hour's concentration to get the sub-index. So you already have that 24-hour readings, right? And that 24-hour readings is like a moving average. Every hour, when it goes from uh, the next hour to the next hour, it moves 24 readings to the front. So what happens to the uh, last 25th to the 26th reading that's being pushed out? So new rings in front, it will push, it will move the average concentration. That is, that, is, that is why it's called moving average. So you have 24 hours. So, be, sorry, before we go any further, PM2.5 is particulate matter 2.5, which is, it is a very microscopic particle that is 2.5 microns smaller. PM10 is PM10 microns and smaller. So PM2.5, why is it important? To measure PM2.5 because it really goes inside your lungs and it 
can really really mess you up in the lungs it can do it can cause like cloggings in your alveolus alveoli or what you call that so it can bring a lot of diseases pm 2.5 which is very very how do you say detrimental to your health also like any other all six pollutants right now yes it does but then pm 2.5 is can say not saying that it's way worse but similarly but a bit worse than pm10 at least pm10 you have some filters like your nose hairs your throat but then pm2.5 is very small how do you say it's like four times smaller than your hair strand so that one hair strand that thin but it's four times smaller than that so 2.5 2.5 2.5 2.5 one micron so we're using that your hair is one micron so pm1 i guess no not pm1 pm more than that sorry i'm not going to uh, make make you uh, make you uh, more confused than that so that's pm2.5 so it's very small it can go into your lungs very bad that's all you need to know so now you have that 24 hour moving average concentration so from there you get the 24 hour readings you divide it by 24 and you get the average of that hour now when you already have that average then you put it in a formula you put that in a formula that i cannot show you right now but there is some formula according to how high or how low the concent- average concentration is so you put there and then what comes out of it is the sub index of the pollutant so it's not only for pm2.5 there's also a sub formula for pm10 for so2 sulfur dioxide nitrogen di- nitrogen dioxide carbon monoxide and ground level ozone they have their own formula to put according to how high or how low the concentration is and then it will equal out a sub index so right now we have six sub index the sub index for the pm10 for the pm2.5 for no2 for so2 for carbon monoxide and also ground level ozone and from those six ones those six sub indexes will pick which one is the highest so right now during the haze episode the highest is pm2.5 so we'll take that pm2.5 sub index and choose it to become the air pollutant index of that station so hopefully you understand that so you get the running average of concentration for every hour but 20 but you take the 24 hour readings so you divide it by 24 this is for pm2.5 and pm10 and so2 for carbon monoxide you take 8 hours average concentration you divide it by 8 you get the average concentration you put it in the formula it equals out to another sub index for carbon monoxide but for ozone no only one hour there's no average just one hour concentration on that time you put it in the formula it comes out with a sub index so right now we're talking about the haze situation right now pm2.5 is the dominant pollutant and we and of course 100% will be 
the API for every station in Malaysia. So right now we have 68 stations in Malaysia right now. And every every station right now the dominant the dominant pollutant of the API is PM2.5. So right now the question is why is the API low but when I'm experiencing outside my house or outside where I work or where I'm tr where I'm outdoors it looks very hazy so the question the answer that I want to say is that is what we call visibility that you're experiencing outside that is different which is what you see with your naked eye towards the atmosphere up there which has particles that actually makes it looks hazy means high relative humidity uh, a lot of uh, and also pollutants up there if it if it's really really hazy that means the concentration is higher so the reason is that because of the 24 hour concentration average we take it from the way back behind so right now if you see that if there's like uh sorry let's see here so if it's a rolling average meaning that you you are taking the readings from 23 hours back when it's high right now but it's low before that meaning the average is still not the high concentration is still not the majority average concentration that is in the 24 hour readings there so it's just high in 1 hour but the 23 hours it's still low that's why it's the API is still low. So right now it gets it's getting more and more polluted in the air. So the concentration is getting higher and higher and higher and higher. So the majority of that 24 hour concentration is getting bigger and bigger. And then the low concentration is getting pushed out because of the moving average. Now it's getting the majority of that 24 hour readings is all high concentrations. So that is when the reading becomes higher and higher for the API. So it gradually increases when the concentration in the front, the latest concentration is high. So that's why it, it's a bit late to get the API increase, increment because it's still reading the 23 hours readings from the back, which is low back then. But then it will gradually increase when you move the average concentration in the front. So when you get 24-hour readings, which is high, that is why you get the API, which is, you know, it can go up to very unhealthy or hazardous, like what happened in uh, Sri Aman and also in Miri. So that is why it's different. Right now, you see that, oh my, oh my God, it's very hazy outside. But then when you look at our um, apps in my IPU or you open up Appims and then the IP API reading is still like 80 something or 92 or 95 and you you ask yourself wait is this real is is the reading wrong outside it's very hazy and I can smell something burning but then why is the API still low why is it moderate so it's because of that we take 24-hour concentrations. Why do we take 24-hour concentrations? 
that's the methodology that's the method of trying to uh, trying to get the official reading for pm 2.5 and also pm 10 and also so2 hopefully maybe there are some scientists that comes up with another study saying that oh you don't need to wait for pm you don't need to wait for 24 hours you can only use 12 hour readings we don't know that's where the science comes from after that maybe after this they said that you don't need 24 hours maybe 12 hours or 8 hours is enough to get the official reading for pm 2.5 or pm 10 so right now what we're doing is we're just following the uh, international standard and method of trying to get the index for the particulate matter 2.5 and particulate matter 10 microns and 2.5 microns so that's where the how do you say the misunderstanding between looking up in the sky which is the visibility and also the readings of the api i really i think i really need to say this in uh, malay also because i hope i don't know if people need people don't understand what i'm trying to explain here but let me see i think there's one in my whatsapp right now okay so um those who don't understand malay it's okay i'll just uh get someone to translate it for you but this is in uh melayu so dengar elok-elok ini dalam bahasa melayu punya so dikata semasa berlaku jerebu jarak penglihatan lazimnya akan berkurangan di bawah 10 km so jarak penglihatan diukur setiap jam dan merupakan data cerapannya semasa so the current uh, reading lah untuk yang uh, ketampakan so oleh itu semasa berlaku jerebu orang ramai boleh terus melihat kesan yang semata iaitu pengurangan jarak penglihatan Sebaliknya, bagi IPU, Indeks Pencemar Udara, yang memberitahu orang ramai tentang mengenai status kualiti udara, kesannya hanya dapat dilihat selepas tempoh beberapa jam jerebu mula dikesan. Inilah kerana bacaan IPU tu dikira dengan mempuratakan bacaan keperkataan habuk halus PM2.5 dengan PM10 untuk tempoh 24 jam sebelumnya. So, faktor ini yang menyebabkan IPU tidak sepadan dengan jarak penglihatannya rendah. Jerebu juga akan bertambah teruk apabila adanya para swap air yang di udara yang tinggi mengelilingi habuk halus ini dan menyebabkan jarak penglihatan itu bertambah buruk. Selain itu, jarak penglihatan dan bacaan IPU mempunyai kegunaan yang berbeza. Jarak penglihatan digunakan untuk panduan untuk keselamatan penerbangan dan pelayaran manakala bacaan IPU digunakan sebagai indikator status kualiti udara dengan mengambil kira kesan pendedahan pencemar udara kepada kesihatan manusia. Harap-harap korang faham lah apa yang aku baca tadi. Kalau korang nak ulang balik, korang just ulang je balik dekat mana korang rasa aku start tadi tu. And then korang, baca, korang dengar elok-elok. So sekarang ni, the next one is about uh, where do I need, where do I get uh, the source for this uh, readings of the IPU. Okay, right now we, the department already has the IPU readings which is in apims when you open in uh, desktop apims.doe.gov.my i'll put that in the link and also you can um, install the applications in your phone which is called my ipu myipu well 
self-explanatory there, my IPU. So there we show you the hourly readings of the API in those uh, application and also in the desktop uh, website. So right now, that's the only official reading here in Malaysia. I hope you guys understand that other third-party apps that also shows readings of their so-called API, we don't know how accurate are they and how they take their data and how they clean up their data or how they calculate their data. And right now, those are not official readings and shouldn't be used as a source to make articles or to like use as, how do you say, uh, bullets to shoot at the department saying that we're trying to falsify, rec falsify data and saying that our data is wrong. This third party app is telling the truth because it has higher readings. Of course, it's, it's almost the same as the one that I see outside, which is very hazy. So right now, we don't know how they take their data, how they clean it, the calibration, the QAQC of the data. Right now, the API, right now that we have using the MyIPU and AppBeams follows the international standard. Trust me, we're not trying to try to falsify the data or whatever. We have no reason to, to falsify or tell you the false data or anything. Why should we? What do we gain from trying to give the people false data in the first place? I mean, we're also here as Malaysians living under the same country. We're trying to we breathe the same air. If it's hazy outside for you, it's hazy outside for us. Now, tell me, if we try to falsify data and then you, you look outside and it's hazy, what would that make us look like? What does make us... We, we don't have any reason to, to try to make it false. I'm, I don't know about you guys, but maybe because we're all, we're all uh, you know how to say, we're all very, very frustrated. We can't do anything about the haze because allegedly it comes from our neighboring country. So we try to find fault. We're trying to like, try to find something to get mad about that we can't get mad about them we can just talk about them but also you have to you know release it to someone else but and i do get your frustrations but we all need to learn how to be patient and be cooperative with the government regarding haze i know we're all, i know you you have you have some complications with your Breathing, some people with asthma, with conjunctivitis, uh, URTI, upper respiratory tract infection. But hopefully, I don't know, you just follow all the guidelines and the advice given by the Ministry of Health and also from the Disaster Management Agency. Uh, what to do, always wear a mask outside and hopefully that you can go pass through here. I, I'm... Okay, right now it's only how do you say it will change because uh, according to meteorology, maybe in October there'll be an inter monsoon, meaning that from the 
wind that is blowing from southwest, then it will become variable. And then hopefully we'll get rain, not the cloud seeding type of rain, but the rain that is natural rain. And then when it comes to November or the middle of October or end of October, we will get the northeast monsoon back, meaning more rain for us and there will be no haze coming from our neighboring country blowing towards us. It will be blowing to on the other side. But I'm praying that they are, they're also suppressing the they're also they will finish suppressing the fires before the monsoon uh, changes because you know if it changes then other people will be affected by the fires so yes that is what that's all about that is the problem uh here right now because it's coming from another country and then the wind doesn't help the wind blows towards us so that's why we're getting haze and but then we cannot change the wind direction and we're at a disadvantage in a geographical sense. So we just have to like try to let go. We just have to we just have to bear the haze that comes from their country. So right now, talking about the country next I'm not gonna say it. So I did say the the, the country's name <laughs> during the uh start of this podcast. So right now, between Malaysia and Indonesia, the thing is, why we can't help is that there's this thing called sovereignty and we can only tell them that we can assist them to put out the fires in Sumatra and Kalimantan, but that is all up to the Indonesian government to accept it or not. It's not like we can't do anything we can. We have the resources. We have the, how do you say, the logistics of everything to help Indonesia to suppress the fires where it's in Sumatra and Kalimantan. But they don't want our help. They don't want anyone's help. They said that it's under control. They can put out the fires by themselves. They are putting out all their, it's all hands on deck. The people from the provinces, their Mangala Agni, their police, and their, how do you call the soldiers trying to put out the fires on peatlands. So that's the, not to say the problem, but they say they that they can uh, suppress and put out the fires by themselves and they don't want our help. So right now, we're just trying to say best of luck. Best of luck to them to put out thousands of hectares of uh, burning peat fires in Sumatra and also in Kalimantan. So right now, why did it burn? Probably because there are some people using slash and burn techniques on their land to open the land, to clear the land so they can do uh, they can just, you know, put out more palm oil mills or paper mills out there. So they can tanam lagi tak kelapa sawit. Um, we're just, I'm, we're just assuming that happened. But mostly because of slash and burn, because you're trying to clear, clear the land. The fastest way to clear a big plot of land is just to slash and burn. 
also it fertilizes the soil because it burns all the old plants and it becomes like you know how to say coal it becomes a fertilizer there so i don't know the reason why they do that but then that's the only effective way for them but the problem is the peatland so what is peatland let's see peatland 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 what is peatland peatland is a type of soil peatland peatland huh so if you don't know what peatland is land cuz it's a peat or peat box <laughs> sorry um <clears throat> Uh, peatlands are a type of wetland which are among the most valuable ecosystems on earth. They are the critical preserving global biodiversity, provide safe drinking water, minimize flood risks, and help address climate change. The reason how peatland occurs is because it's, al- it's always in between two rivers and the peatland is in between it. And then there's a lot of uh, dead wood and everything. They fall and then they, uh, how do you say, they decompose. And then it becomes peatland. So this peatland is very porous, very spongy. And it's very hard to walk because right now you don't know where the soft spots are. So one misstep and then your whole leg can go down. And it's, the real peatland is supposed to be a peat swamp and it's very watery, very swampy, a lot of water. But the, re- the problem is people drain out the water so they can do their... Um, Pertanian, they're trying to uh, make farmlands out of this peatland because it's very fertile. Uh, it's a very fertile land. So right now, when it's dry, and it's very highly combustible because there are a lot of uh, it's highly flammable uh, on peatlands. So any fire, any small sm- sparks of fire, can cause a peatland to burn. And it, we all know that it doesn't burn on the surface of this pit peatland. If you can imagine burning sponge, it doesn't burn on the top of the sponge. It will go in because it's porous. So it burns, it burns inside. So dia, how do you say in Malay, dia akan jadi bara kat dalam bawah tanah gambut tu. Dia terbakar memang terbakar, you tak nampak. Lagi-lagi kalau dia terbakar dekat yang memang dah ada pokok tinggi-tinggi, Nampak pokok cantik tapi asap dah keluar dah kat, 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 kat dekat in between dia punya pokok-pokok tu. Ni nampak asap putih. It's very hard untuk nak cari dia punya hotspot, the titik panas using satellite image kalau terbakar. Because kalau dia dah nampak macam tu, memang susah kalau terbakar dalam hutan lah. But if it's a farmland that they're trying to um, nak bangunkan, memanglah teruk tu. Serius. Aku cakap. It's hell, I can say. Memang susah. If you if a peatland burns, it can burns for months. Kalau tak ada intervention, tak ada cara orang nak padam api yang dalam tanah gambut ni. And I can say, dengan orang bomba cakap, salah satu cara kalau nak padam api kat tanah gambut ni, it's only either you flood the peatland. Because you nak padam, you padam kat dalam tu. It's inside. The peatland, not on the top surface. Kalau surface saja, dia akan cepat padam. You tembak, you can use direct attack. Take a hose, get a water water source. You just shoot using that hose, and then it will dissipate. It will be put out in no time. But not for not for peatlands. Peatlands is very very hard to suppress the fires. So the only way 
to stop it from spreading big is either you do a fire break so you break do a fire break so that it doesn't go uh, further and also you just uh, flood the peatland using water doesn't matter what either you can just put you can do water bombing or whatever or do direct attacks but it's not very effective if you use direct attacks on the peatland because that is very very hard seriously it's very hard to put out fires on peatlands and i'm just telling you this very layman so if you drain out water there's no water it becomes a uh, very how do you say very very dry one part maybe from someone uh responsibly didn't put out the fires of their uh campfires the campfires or maybe they were smoking and then they just threw out the cigarette butt which is still light uh, lit falls on the peatland it will burn or just someone just <coughs> do um or someone just do slash and burn they just slash their old plants their old trees they put it in a bunch and then they just burn it which is very 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 irresponsible and the damage is very big and i don't know why people do that uh, hopefully it doesn't hopefully the how do you say the ministry of agriculture in indonesia should do something to them to try to find ways how not to burn their plants their yard waste on peatlands because right now the problem is burning on peatlands very hard to suppress and it emits a lot of smoke and then the wind comes in and it blows to the peninsula of Malaysia or in Kalimantan it blows to Sabah and Sarawak <coughs> but sometimes it still blows up to the peninsula of Malaysia Kalimantan if the wind blow is just right it if it moves a bit to the left that it can go straight to Johor Johor and Melaka and Negeri Sembilan and it will, it will uh it will connect with the Sumatra's fire and the haze so it becomes one big haze <clears throat> that is on top of Malaysia, Brunei and also Indonesia themselves so to say that this is becoming a like a yearly event well we can't do anything because it's not in our country if it's in our country we already have our SOPs on how to handle burnings open burnings burnings on peatlands we have the infrastructure to put out fires on peatlands to control the water levels on peatlands we built check well check dams tube wells we have uh, retention ponds so that we have water source to put out the fires but in the other country well we don't know how they control those type of things we don't know how they conserve peatlands in their country i can't speak on behalf of them or whatever because i don't know that's indonesia and i only know about malaysia so yeah i think i already covered uh the ipu uh why malaysia can help indonesia because you need their uh 
kebenaran nak masuk negara dia orang. Kalau tak ada kebenaran dan kita tak boleh nak masuk nak tolong. We need their permission. If you don't have their permission to help go in their country and help put out fires, then we can. Let them do their job and hopefully pray that uh, this end of September, early October, the wind will change so that it won't blow back to Malaysia. Maybe they'll blow to the Indian Ocean after that. But hopefully the small islands next to the, next to Sumatra won't be engulfed in haze and they would put out the fires as fast as they can uh, with the help maybe from rain during the inter-monsoon. We never know. We never know. And last but not least, peatland. Very flammable. One spark can create a fire on peatlands. It will spread very fast. Uh, the only way that we can uh, from the firefighters type of point of view is either do fire breaks and then you flood the peatland with water if there's a water source and do water bombings on top of the peatland so that a huge amount of water will fall down to the peat to the peat burning peatland and hopefully it will extinguish the fires at least uh, you know half half of the peat maybe if it's three or four feet deep it can just extinguish down to two feet and above two feet below <clears throat> you never know two feet from the surface sorry but there will be risk of it reigniting and also continue burning down there because that's like i said it's very very hard and it's a nightmare to put out what i hear from the firefighters from bomba-bomba mana pun kalau tanah gambut ni memang <coughs> berkampung lah dekat sebelah tanah gambut tu kat Malaysia pun sama kalau cerita benda tanah gambut yang paling popular Johan Setia kat Kelang tu that piece of land itu selalu terbakar kalau nak padam memang susah and also susah juga nak padam because there's no access to go inside the where it's burning sometimes it burns like in the middle of nowhere and then there's no access to uh, put out the fires there's sometimes there's no water source at all the peatland is dried up and then when it burns you have to take at least a water tanker or whatever and try to find the closest place so that you can do the direct attack to bring the hose in there and then just spray it out It's very hard, very, very challenging. If you know someone who is a firefighter near peatlands, <clears throat> you can ask them how. How complicated and how hard it is to put out uh, fire on peatlands. So I do hope you understand. But if you don't, you can always uh, find me on social media uh, at Lord Rizal, L-O-R-D-R-I-Z-A-L, on Twitter. Uh, don't don't ask me on Facebook because I won't be on Facebook and also on Instagram. No, still, uh, I think you can ask me on Twitter. DM me or just reply at me. Wait, if you don't know, uh, if you have any, if you're still confused, if you're still confused listening to this episode, so hopefully you're not confused. But if you're still, yeah. DM me or reply me, mention me or whatever. And I'll do my very best to uh, explain it back to you. Even if 
if you don't if even if you have listened to this and you still don't understand i will do my best i just really don't like the misunderstanding from the people uh from the rakyat from the orang awam the public when they misunderstand they don't ask back when they misunderstand they always throw accusations at at people which i find very very highly toxic and i don't know why people do that and i find it very despicable sorry to say that to the public but yeah we're also humans we're also malaysians we're trying our very best to make the best that we can have the best resources we can do and before i end this uh episode i would like to advise all of you i don't care uh, if you if you won't do it or not if it's not please don't do open burnings in any other form or fashion <clears throat> Daun kering ke apa ke kau nak bakar pun Alah Tak payahlah kau longgokkan je Atau kau buat dikomposting ke apa ke Penat Sekarang pun dah ada Dah ada nationwide ban pun For for open burning So right now you can get compound uh, About 2,000 ringgit If it's too big That causes a nuisance for a lot of people Boleh kena denda 500 ribu ringgit atau penjara 5 tahun Atau kedua-duanya sekali Kita cakap bahasa Melayu tu uh, 500 tahun Okay lah 500,000 uh, 5, 5 years Kalau kena buka Ketas siasatan lah If it's too big So janganlah buat uh, Pembakaran terbuka Jangan burukkan lagi keadaan Kalau jerebu-jerebu ni minumkan Minumlah banyak air uh, Apa lagi Duduk indoors lah, duduk dalam Kalau tak apa, kalau nak perlu keluar tu Pakai mask ah, Sebelum aku cakap ni, pakailah mask N95 Kau carilah kat farmasi Cerita dia macam ni ya Kalau off season ke, apa ke Tolonglah beli mask Kita dah tahu benda ni akan terjadi Janganlah bila dah jerebu nanti Menggagal-gagal nak minta kat kerajaan Mask free Aku tahu benda tu mahal. Benda tak mahal pun. RM5.9 aku tahu. Uh, kita, kita, kau kaya tak apalah boleh cakap ada mas, mas tu murah RM5. Beli masa off season aku rasa murah rasanya. Kau beli je satu, benda tu tahan lama. Unless kalau kau pergi basahkan ke. Atau kau pergi gosok-gosok sampai koyak ke. ah Tu janganlah. You simpan yang elok-elok mas tu. Kau pakailah sampai benda tu rosak kau beli baru. Ini bukannya surgical mask yang kau pakai buang macam tu je. This thing last long. Aku pun pakai juga mask N95 aku semenjak 2015 punya lagi tu. Aku pakai sampai sekarang. Kalau aku beli simpan yang dulu, kenapa korang tak boleh? And hopefully, bila korang beli tu, itu bukan pakai buang. You can use it for a long time. So please, use it wisely. Wear it when you go outside so you tak akan kena effects of the direct, the uh, Pollutants masuk dalam mulut <coughs> atau dalam hidung rongga apa-apa pun yang menyebabkan korang sakit tekak ke, mata ke, everything. Mata pula. Kau pakai mask guna kat mata ke. Yelah hidung dengan mulut lah kau tutup kan. Telinga tak boleh cakap apa lah. Lepas kau pakai earplugs. So yes, itu saja daripada aku. You can follow me on Twitter, uh, on Instagram. And this episode will be on Facebook and Anchor, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. And hopefully you guys would subscribe 
on YouTube. Uh, if you have a, if you know what BitChute is, BitChute is another alternative uh, video platform, just like YouTube. So you can also follow me there on BitChute. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Sorry, again, I've been saying that a lot of times because I'm very, very active on Twitter. And also, I just like to like pictures on Instagram. I don't post anything except for this episode's uh, thumbnail. And yes, you can follow me on Gab, my, how do you say, DS account, <laughs> dark side account, which is actually really not that dark side. It's just like an alternate um, account for me from Twitter because, you know, you, you can't say controversial stuff on Twitter. You get caught by the mob, the outrage mob. So you can follow me on Gab, also at Lord Rizal. Uh, I'm not active on mine, so I'm not going to promote my mine's account so yes again subscribe on twitter S damn it subscribe on youtube and bit shoot follow me on twitter follow me on how do you say instagram and also follow me on gab and if you're in apple Podcasts, uh subscribe on apple Podcasts. give it a rating hopefully a five-star rating and also give it a nice review. So a lot, if you give five-star ratings and also a nice review, it will bump me up uh, on top of the, how do you say, the ratings, the countdown. No, the ratings. The ratings will go up and then people can see my podcast and more people will listen to it on Apple Podcasts. So yes, thank you for listening to my rant about haze, about peatland burnings, and hopefully you'll be listening to the next episode of Malam Jumat Podcast. And thank you again for listening. See you on the episode. Goodbye, everyone. Take it away, Omni. Thank you for listening to Malam Jumat Podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Give it a like and click the subscribe button to support this channel. Don't forget to click the bell to allow notification so you'll never miss a new episode. See you on the next episode of Malam Jumaat Podcast. Goodbye.